Today on Media Download, from Montclair State University and WMSC-FM, the latest on technology. Digital privacy is a concern. Streaming is king. It's trending now. And media issues. Let's start with the presidential campaign. The frontrunner is firmly in the lead in every national poll. What's the press's responsibility? I will not give him the credit he probably sought prior to this horrific and cowardly act. And top business headline news. It's online streaming versus Hollywood. Hello and welcome to Media Download. I'm Tom Franklin, Professor of Multimedia Journalism here at Montclair State School of Communication and Media. I'm joined today by Mike Kelly, a longtime columnist with the Bergen Record newspaper, now part of the USA Today Network. Mike has been writing columns for the record for over 30 years. He often writes about politics and current events and is a former colleague of mine from my years as a photojournalist at the record. Kelly made national headlines earlier this week with his one-on-one interview with White House Special Counsel Kellyanne Conway. During the lengthy videotaped interview at her home in Alpine, Conway alleged that surveillance of the Trump campaign went beyond wiretapping, though she did not offer any evidence. Conway reiterated Trump's allegations of wiretapping and yet took it one step further, saying surveillance may be broader than even Trump suggested. She went on to say that monitoring could be done with microwaves that turn into cameras. Conway later said that our words about alleged wiretapping were taken out of context. She has since gone on network television and Twitter calling it fake news, claiming this is why so many people don't trust what they read. Mike, first off, welcome to WMSA. Can you please set the record straight? What exactly did Ms. Conway say? Great to be talking with you again. I, I, I really value our friendship and when we were colleagues back at the record, yeah. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, for the listeners, can you set the record straight? What exactly did Ms. Conway say? Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about how this happened. Uh, I, I had scheduled a very lengthy interview with her on a wide variety of topics. We talked for over an hour, but I said right at the top of the interview that I needed to go through a series of news breaks that had from the previous week, and I wanted her to comment on them. And so I asked her about health care, and, the next, and then I asked her about uh, uh, President Trump's claim that President Obama had wiretapped um, Trump Tower. And I, I, and I decided to ask her very specifically, do you know whether Trump Tower was wiretapped? The way she answered was, I, I thought, very interesting. She, instead of saying yes or no or no comment, which is kind of what I expected her to say, sure. that's where she went into talking about uh, and she began by saying, what I can say is that there are many different forms of surveillance. And then she went into television sets as being a possible form of surveillance. And that's when she mentioned microwave ovens, which has gotten perhaps the most, the most uh, attention around the country. But it was in response to a very specific question. And this is not fake news, Tom. This is, this is straight-up journalism. We do it every day. You ask somebody a, a very specific question, and they choose to answer it the way they answer it. And I thought this was news because this was not just somebody, you know, some ordinary person talking here. This was a special counsel to the White House, uh, to the president, uh, and speaking uh, in her role as a White House counselor. Uh, interestingly enough, the very next day, uh, the White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, intimated that uh, that this so-called wiretapping was much more than just tapping of phones. And since then, the president himself has gone on to suggest that there is a, a, a wider uh, surveillance 
of Trump Tower, none of which has been proven. There's not a scintilla of evidence out there yet. But this is the dialogue that's coming out of the White House, and I believe it needs to be reported. It's not fake news. This is what these people are talking about. Yeah, I mean, it really created quite a firestorm um, once sure. you know your story, once your column was published. I mean, she's gotten herself into a couple of crazy situations now, Mike. I mean, she, you know, the the photograph of her kneeling on the couch in the Oval Office, right. uh, her alternative facts, um, and as well as you know some other you know things that she has said. Um, if you talk a little bit about you know the role that she's played in in the Trump you know presidency and you know these situations that she seems to get herself into time after time, right? She's a, it's a great question, Tom, and I'm actually writing a piece for the weekend about it right now. Um, there's really a paradox, as I see it, with Kellyanne Conway. Uh, she's a very smart person uh, and and highly was highly respected before she joined the Trump team. Um, uh, she broke into politics largely as a pollster, but not the typical, you know, election pollster. She was really looking at people's lives and how they go about their lives and, and drawing political meaning from that. And she wrote a book, uh, co-authored a book uh, about a decade ago with a Democrat, a, a, a Democratic uh, pollster, uh, and it was entitled What Women Really Want. And And that book is 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 highly respected among among those who follow politics etc um, she broke into the uh... you know sort of the national scene as a pundit on various uh... uh... you know the cable news talk shows but was not considered to be the kind of bomb thrower from the right that say others are like ann coulter or sarah palin or some of those she was often viewed as a very reasoned and uh, articulate spokesperson uh, for for uh, right-wing conservative views. She came into the Trump administration and uh, again was still looked upon as as very very as as with a lot of respect. And then came the series of gaffes over the past 50 days, uh, which are are difficult to really add up. But when you weigh them. Uh, there, there seems to be this propensity on her part to walk into what I would call rhetorical potholes of mm. sorts. You know, I mean, you mentioned a few. You know, the, the statement about alternative facts. Uh, you know, her kneeling on the couch and her statements about that. Uh, the uh, the statements where she referred to a, a non-existent terrorist attack and referred to it as the Bowling Green massacre. And 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 now this thing, uh, her comments to me about you know other forms of surveillance. Um, and it's hard to figure, I mean, without doing a psychological analysis here, it's hard to figure out what, why this, why this happens so much. Uh, but nonetheless, this is a fact of life with Kellyanne Conway. I mean, just to add one more thing, it, it's gotten to the point now where a number of, of uh, you know, television shows are simply not allowing her on the air. Uh, and and uh, MSNBC is, has pretty much said that they will not allow her on the air in part because she, they don't trust what she will say. But even Fox News, I was noticing the other day, uh, Shepard Smith on Fox News was talking about how he doesn't trust a lot of what she says. So this is, I think for her, this is growing as a, as a, as a serious problem because she, she is viewed by the Trump administration as a key voice and someone who can get out there and articulate his poli the president's policies. But yet on the other hand, 
as we've seen in the first 50 days of the Trump administration, there's been this whole series of gaffes. Yeah, Mike, I didn't realize that she lived in Bergen County. I mean, you and I both have worked in you know sure. North Jersey for quite a while. Um, I didn't realize she lived in Alpine. And how did you go? How did the interview come about? It really came about through our magazine division. Uh, the, we had been trying to reach her uh, ever since she kind of burst onto the scene last summer as a key member of the Trump, um, you know, uh, campaign, and then was named uh, campaign manager. Um, we 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 reached out to her, uh, and uh, it was our magazine division that that set, you know was able to uh, set up something with her. And then we said, listen, if we're going to do this, let's do it as a as a news interview. So we had we had several different uh, agendas here, uh, uh, and that's why I was called in to 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 be the to be the prime interviewer. I mean, we we videotaped her uh, in my interview with her, and we're going to be having more clips from that interview on the website in the, in the coming this coming weekend nice. and then um uh and more excerpts from that interview which was really wide-ranging i mean the first half hour of the interview was largely news focused and that's where the comments came out about the wiretapping but uh, but she has a very interesting background she was raised in new jersey uh her her father basically abandoned her family when she was only a little girl maybe two or three years old uh she was raised by her mom her grandmother and two unmarried aunts, a situation that she describes as sort of a South Jersey uh, golden girls kind of environment. And from that, she was a valedictorian of her high school class. She went on to college and then after that broke into uh, into Republican politics, but largely as a pollster. She then married a lawyer by the name of George Conway. And then they lived in New York City for a while, but they moved into uh, they moved out here to Alpine, New Jersey, oh, about eight years ago, and uh, and she has she's the mother of four children. So, Mike, we we would have to follow this up with uh, a talking a little bit about microwaves and uh, sure. the the meme storm that uh, that your interview with her has created. Have you been following it on Twitter and Facebook? I mean, I've seen a couple of memes on social media that had me laughing right off my chair. I mean, I saw one where. People, uh, uh, someone was holding a selfie stick, and instead of a cell phone camera, it was a microwave. Yeah. I've seen a picture of uh, one of my photojournalism uh, heroes, Ouija, who was a photographer from you know the early 1900s. Oh, sure. Instead Ouija, of holding yeah. a, a, a speed graphic, he was holding a microwave. I mean, what has your reaction been to to this meme storm? I think it's really unfortunate. Uh, this is not a joke. Uh, as I said, when when the special counsel to the president. This is a person whose who, whose office is in the West Wing. She has what they call walk-in privileges in the Oval Office. In other words, she doesn't have to gain permission to walk in and talk to the president. She could just walk through the door and say, "Hi, Mr. President, I need to tell you about something." So this is a very, very important person in our nation right now. Uh, whether we approve of the Trump administration or not, or whether you voted for Trump or not, it, the fact of the matter is, this is a very, very important person. And, and and what I think needs to be focused on, and I think to some degree on that first day the news shows did focus on what she said and what this means for this ongoing investigation of uh, the Trump administration and it's, you know, whether or not it, it had connections or whether or not, not the Russians had hacked into uh, or tried to influence the election. 
And then the, the, the broader story beyond that, President Trump's accusation that his predecessor, President Obama, wiretapped Trump Tower, uh, by the way, an accusation that has, there's not a scintilla of evidence yet. In fact, in fact, there's a lot of pushback from people in the Justice Department and the intelligence community, et cetera. So this is a very, very serious matter. And when she, she essentially added to the debate here, or stirred up debate, I should, I should say, by suggesting that there were other forms of, of surveillance going on here, televisions, microwaves, et cetera, et cetera, and again, not offering any evidence to it. So this is all a part of a serious conversation, and yet now we live in a we live in a world where anybody can basically just take their iPhone and create a meme and uh, make a joke out of it. And look, I understand it. People need to laugh, and I got to tell you, I laughed at a couple of them as well. Hmm. But I, I I have to say it's it, it it's kind of sad that that uh, that this is happening right now because we do have this this weird. Uh, you know, meandering between serious news and 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 joke news, and you know, and we saw we saw this first breakout with 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 the, the Daily Show with John Stewart, and 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 so many people tuning into that show as their source of news, uh, which is kind of distressing when you really think about it. <laughs> um, uh, but this is where where we have come as news people today, uh, where we are trying to report. And, and analyze serious subjects, but yet, yet people are constantly taking what we do and making fun of it. Yeah, well, that, that uh, leads and, me to my next I don't question, Mike. That's a good thing for our country. Yeah, I mean, I, I did want to ask you about you know this this you know, this wave of fake news. I mean, how do we get to this point in our country, Mike? I mean, the the public, I think, is really struggling to decipher fact from fiction. Well, I think it's even worse, Tom. I think I think there is a whole group of people uh, people out there that they they are drawn to these fake quote unquote fake news websites or if you want to be kinder about it alternative news websites because what comes out what is presented on those websites supports their world view i mean i i often find myself talking to people like where do you get your news and some people will say oh i only watch fox news and they'll ask me well what do you watch and i say i watch everything I I survey the whole gamut because I want to understand what's out there. And so what I think we're doing is we're creating a country of pigeonholed news consumers where, you know, you get your group that only watches MSNBC and another group that only watches Fox and another group that only watches CNN or, by extension, a group that only reads the New York Times or the Record or the Washington Post and does not read other uh, uh, outlets that are out there. And I think that that's, a, that's not a good uh, direction for our country. Uh, that said, our nation has always had fake news. We've always had people who are playing around with, with, uh, with news items and trying to, you know, either make fun of it or create uh, all kinds of, you know, uh, or stir up, stir up controversy because of it. I mean, I, you know, I remember the late 60s, early 70s. There was a lot of alternative newspapers that would would try to make fun of things it, it, you know and pro- perhaps the most or ma- magazines perhaps the, the the most notable were mad magazine and the harvard lampoon sure uh i mean these were all these were attempts to take real events and then have some fun with them uh but the problem is it's become a kind of cottage industry now in america because it's very easy to create a, a fake news website uh on on the internet now well, Mike, when you have situations where the president has made allegations about his predecessor, 
And, sure. you know, a lot of that appears to be void of, of any facts. I mean, in our history, we, we've never really seen this before. And I know you've been in news a long time. You've written countless columns on countless news stories, in, including 9-11, which, which we'd worked closely together with. On. Right. Um, is the media prepared for reporting on news in the Trump era? I think so. Uh, I think this is a really good mo- – I hate to say it, but I – well, I, I shouldn't say I hate to say it. I'm glad to say it. I think this is a really great opportunity for journalism and for journalists. I think we are going to come out of it uh, shining very well here. Um, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Watergate period. Uh, I was a very, very young journalist at the time. The Nixon administration was just pushing back very hard on anybody who investigated Watergate and accusing, the, for example, the Washington Post of essentially producing fake news. And, uh, of course, the Washington Post turned out to be absolutely right and absolutely correct. And I think this is another one of those moments for journalists and for journalism in general where we can do a really good job here in just digging and digging and digging into what the Trump administration is up to here. And I think it really started actually about a year ago when journalists started looking into actually Hillary Clinton's email problem. And we started digging more into that, much to the dismay and criticism of, of liberals and progressives and Democrats. They, they were pushing back on us as well. So now uh, we're doing our job with the Trump administration, and they're pushing back. Look, Tom, people in government and people in power, I've seen this all over from the small-town mayors right up the line to some of the most powerful people in our country. If they don't like what people are reporting on, they try to blame the messenger. And what I really think that the Trump administration needs to focus on is to stop blaming the messenger, uh, meaning the journalist, and really take a look at the message which is coming out of the White House. Uh, because that is really what will define Donald Trump's legacy, and that's the message and accomplishments through the White House. It's not going to be blaming the press. Uh, we've dealt with this before, and, and, and we'll deal with it again. This is what happens in an open society where we have a free press. Actually, I think this is a really good time to be a journalist, and I'm glad I'm still in it. All right, Mike, it's all the time we have for now. Um, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk with us today. Great. If you would like more information about the episode of Media Download, you can email us at gm at wmscradio.com or call us at 973-655-3135. I'm Tom Franklin. Thank you for listening.